Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome back to the first official extra part of the season we've already had one but that was a little pre-season one in a studio had the luxury of that we've had over two months off if my calculations are correct and we're raring to go or at least i am anyway starting with our season opener at the oxford united on saturday which is a good old 3 p.m saturday kickoff exactly as it should be so as always you know the script now with extra to play the game of who the hell are you Basically, this week we've got a returning guest, which is Sai from the Oxford United podcast, The Fence End Pod. How are you doing, Sai? You all right? Yeah, very well, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, I think we're just saying off air, I'm kind of missing the football now. I'm actually raring to go. Are you feeling the same way? Yeah, yeah. It, it was a long summer. You kind of, at the end of the season, you need to recharge your batteries. But sort of by the time you get to hit July, it's like, right, I want the season to start now. Yeah, it felt a little bit like I wanted a good six months to recharge my batteries after that last five seconds <laughs> of that bloody playoff final. But um, you get four weeks in and you just think, right, let's get mucked into it. And you have all that optimism of a brand new season. But by this time next week, we're probably going to be wishing it was a away, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. One of us, anyway. One of us, yeah. So since we've played absolutely zero games or league games so far this season... Let's have a little look at your summer signings. Uh, 2018 for yourself went reasonably well after starting really, really bad. Mm. Slowly improving, finishing 12th. Now, your transfer window, for those who don't know, is as follows. You brought in Ben Woodburn today on loan. Chris yeah. Cadden, who was a, a target for us as well. from I think he's from Columbus Crew, but spent last season on loan at Motherwell. Mm-hmm. Sam Allardyce, not the Sam Allardyce, but his grandson, I believe. Yeah, either grandson or nephew. I'm not sure, yeah. We've got Kevin Burko from Wolves, Tariq yep. Fossu from Charlton, and probably the one that stands out most for me, Alex Gorin, who, if people don't realise, was one of our academy players, did quite well at Motherwell last season. So I suppose my question to you, Simon, what have you made of the transfer window in terms of your incomings? Um, at the moment, we're, we're a bit light on numbers, but if if the forums and Twitter are to be, to be believed, we've got sort of four or five coming in in the next week or so it, it's it's been very very quiet until today because Gorin Foster and Cadden came in reasonably early in this in the transfer window and then we've been kind of chasing players Marcus Brown who we had on loan last season um we put a bid in for him but he's ended up at Middlesbrough so we've kind of been 
the fans are getting slightly restless, um, but Woodburn signing today is is quite a good one. Although we lost Gavin White, he went over to um, went out to um, Cardiff today, so it's kind of uh, Gavin White out, Woodburn in, and the and the potential signings that people are mentioning. I think if we can get three or four of them, we'll have done. I think it'll be a, a pretty reasonable transfer window, to be honest. Who is the potentials that you've got? And is there any chance of any of them coming in by Saturday? We're speaking on Tuesday for the record. Yeah, possibly. I mean, we, we the the names mentioned on on sort of on our forums are a guy like Elliot Moore from uh, Leicester, who's a centre half. Dan Aguiar from from Burnley, who's a, a young striker. Aribi from from Forest, who, who we looked at. A couple of years ago, um, and he was at Chesterfield. So there's some it's sort of young players who who might not be that much on people's radars, but that's where we seem to have been shopping. Certainly, the last sort of five or six, apart from the Pep Clotet era, we were we were very much looking at, at young talent from bigger clubs to sort of resurrect their careers, kind of thing. And how has, I mean, I think you mentioned before, I know Woodburn obviously only signed today, so he hasn't really played, but I've kept a little bit of an eye with you being our first opponents and stuff. And uh, Chris Cadden's probably one that people would want to know about. And also Alex Gorin, because obviously Alex Gorin, ex-Sunland, um, I think he got released by our academy and has found his way back. Chris Cadden, though, was, I think, someone who was on our radar when there was a possibility of Mark Campbell having some kind of, I don't know whether it was a takeover or... Um, and I think it was more along the lines of investment because he was on the, the radar of John Park, who was going to be the new head of recruitment, uh, if I am to be believed correctly. So Chris Cadden actually sounded quite good. And obviously me living up in, in Scotland, I know a tiny bit about Motherwell. And I know Alex did quite well last year. And I think Chris did make some waves. So how how have they performed in pre-season? Yeah, I, I, pre-season's always a, a tricky one to to sort of gauge. We, we the first pre-season game we had up at Rangers, we lost five nil. But they that was our first game of pre-season, and they were pretty much into their pre-season because they played the Europa League qualifier on the following Tuesday or Thursday. So they were you know well ahead of us, and we've we've had a, a patchy sort of pre-season, but I think. A lot of it is down to lack of numbers. We've had a lot of youngsters play, a lot of the under-23 squad and, and some of the under-18s have been playing. For example, we we brought on, I think, four 17 or 18-year-olds up at Rangers at the same time they brought on Jermaine Defoe. So <laughs> it's, you know, <laughs> not really a fair fight. But uh, so it, it's been... It's been okay as a pre-season. We've not pulled up any trees, but the Fulham game last week, Cadden... Saw so Cabin Pay look quite good. Gorin and Fosu look good. It's difficult to tell until you're into into the you know the real sort of the real season. Yeah, most definitely. I think you mentioned before about Gavin White going as well. Obviously, Gavin White was one of the names that I, I picked out straight away when you look at the players that you've lost. But the big one for me was obviously you've lost your captain in, in Curtis Nelson. I think Harvey Bradbury and you've released Jonathan Abika as well. So n- not a big amount of names that you've lost. But the biggest names you could lose potentially in terms of Curtis Nelson, especially, are you worried about the loss of like your captain and also I think Gavin White's. We seen last year he looked quite decent, didn't he? Yeah, White White is a you know I think will be a big miss. He he's he's gone to Cardiff, and he came to us last season in the summer from Crusaders out in in Ireland and was playing sort of semi professional. You know, he wasn't full time. 
and he's taken a little bit of time to adapt to full-time football effectively. And there are there were times when he looked absolutely electric, but then he'd he'd miss the odd game through sort of fatigue. You know, I think I think where where you've got players that have played in academies from you know a very young age and do pre-seasons every year, you know, year in, year out, you, they might only be 19, 20, but they'll have done, you know, five or six proper pre-seasons. And he just looked like he needed a bit more fitness, a bit more endurance, a bit more sort of stamina. But I think once he's, I think perhaps in a couple of seasons time, if Cardiff haven't gone back up into the Premier League, I think he'll move on to a, you know, a a big Premier League club because he's got pace to burn, which absolutely frightens defenders and and two-footed as well. What's your thoughts on Curtis Nelson? Because I, I quite fancied us us to bring him in. Mm. Obviously, we need reinforcements. But he, the move to Cardiff, maybe it's my ignorance, but I was, I was I've been surprised by the players Cardiff have brought in. They've looked very much towards League One, and they took two of two of your players as well. Yeah, yeah, Curtis. I I didn't realise until the end of the season he played every single minute of every league game for us last season. I think he was. I think it was only one player in the in the football league who played more minutes than him. So his his fitness had been an issue in the past. He had a couple of injuries, but last season he was superb. You mentioned him being captain. He, he he was captain the previous season, but because I think he hadn't signed a new contract, it was a little bit of a kind of they took the the captaincy off him. But it made no difference to how he performed. He was he was absolutely spot on with his with his attitude all, all season. And he's another player, I think, who, who who could go further than than Cardiff. You know, if Cardiff don't get into the Premier League, I can see him moving on as well. I think he'll be he will be a big miss because he he was a, a real talented footballer. Both both our chairman and our director, um, Stuart Donald and Charlie Methven, are both both Oxford fans. I don't think mm. it's any um, don't think it's any secret. No, and I think when it comes to sort of certain players that were linked to with Oxford, it wouldn't surprise me if the names have kind of came from there. Chris Maguire being obviously the one we had yeah. last season. So I think Curtis Nelson, we sort of had a, we kind of hoped, some of us anyway, that he would come in and we end up getting Jordan Willis. But obviously if he's getting the move towards towards Cardiff. It does indicate that potentially he has got that ability to go up because he's still, he's still quite young, isn't he? He's still only 24, 25. Yeah, he, he, he'd had sort of four or five seasons at Plymouth as a captain there. You know, he came through their youth setup and and, played sort of full full time for them you know you know regular starter for them from quite a young age so yeah he's he's still got a, a lot of football in him and you know if he stays fit he'll, he'll be some player and, and I think a lot of Oxford fans thought he might end up at uh, at Sunderland you know with like you say with the with the connection there with um with Stuart Donald knowing what he can do with the the team when I look at Oxford and that last season you give us sort of two good games I think Maybe the game down at your place we could have maybe or should have put you away first half, but that was the story of our season last year. I think the home game at the Stadium Light, I think you were far and wide the better side. I think we did quite well to come back into it. But the more I watched Oxford over the season, because there were certain players you could really pick out, and we've just picked out two there, Nelson, White, uh, you mentioned Browns. But obviously you've lost, in my opinion, your best defender, but you've always looked quite weak up top, and it's been like a good midfield. I mean, your midfield looked all right in pre-season from what I've seen and what I've read. You've got, I think, Tariq Fosu, um, Gorin, and I think Brannigan, who's probably, in my opinion, a key player. But I noticed the other day that Carl Robinson 
pretty much was like, he looked like he was going to break down in tears when he was asked um, what about players coming in. And and I've got to be honest, you look on paper quite weak up top, up until obviously Ben Woodburn signing today, but you've got quite a strong midfield, a good goalkeeper. You've lost a bit in your defence, but you just don't have anyone that's going to score your 20-25 goal this season. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very fair assessment. We've we've got lots, and we certainly with Marcus Brown last season, Jordan Graham as well played, and Luke Garber who were all on loan. And although Garber was a fullback, he he pushed on and, and played sort of wide midfield. Yeah. We've we've got yeah. There's probably I don't know. You you could argue eight players in in that sort of midfield or or attacking midfield. James Henry. Uh, you know, we've only got Jamie Mackey up front at the moment. We're looking at signing. You know, a couple of signings coming in. Definitely light up front midfield. No problem at all. I think we've got a really strong midfield. The back four. I think with a with a centre half. You know, if we can get this this Elliot Moore, who seems to be the the name that people are mentioning on the forums. But if we can get him in, I think we'll be okay. Uh, you know, defensively, that will do us. Um, but we do, yeah, we do need goals. We we didn't, re- we haven't had a, a you know goal scoring centre forward for probably for for sort of two or three seasons at least. One thing I did want to pick your brains about that. I've just reminded myself the last time we spoke, you just signed Jerome Sinclair, and he obviously helped set up the equaliser mm-hmm. against ourselves at the Kassam, which I think was like ninetieth minute. But he actually did it all right for Oxford, didn't he? He didn't do a bad job. No, he once he got you know a bit of football, uh, uh, you know, rather than just making the odd appearance for, off the bench. Once he he sort of started two or three games, and he, he looked like a threat. I think we were we were in for him during the summer. Definitely, he's he's gone abroad um, on loan. I think Holy you know, man. yeah, yeah. Which you can kind of. I think a lot of the, the the Premier League clubs are sending their players more more and more of them going abroad. You know, like I say, it's Elliot Moore who we're looking at from Leicester. Uh, hasn't played for Leicester's first team, but he's been at um, out in in Holland, I think, or Belgium. Um, again, on loan for a couple of seasons. So I think players are more sort of open to to playing in Europe now rather than just going on loan to lower league English clubs. They're they're kind of going abroad more. So we we were looking at Sinclair. I, I, yeah, he he improved as the season went on. I think a lot of fans would have quite happily had him this season as well. Just looking at Elliot Moore just there, just in case he does sign. I notice he's playing. It's the Belgian first division. That's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Belgium. Yeah. Playing for a team that I cannot pronounce, but if you Google it. <laughs> um, Leuven, I think, is how it's pronounced. Leuven. Oud Heavily Leuven is the full name. It's a merger of three clubs, which I cannot pronounce any of them. Um, <laughs> so I will avoid that. In reference to Carl Robinson, he looked like he was going to cry, like I was saying before, during the week. Um, do you think come the end of the week, then he's going to be a little bit happier? I think so. Yeah, I, it was. It's funny that we 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 just done the defense end podcast, and a couple of the guys on that sort of read that slightly differently to to how some of our fans had, had kind of read it. And it's it's interesting. He's he's he was not particularly well received as a as you know when he came to us as a manager. A lot of people didn't like him. In the last sort of week or ten days. There seems to be an awful lot of love for it because of that interview. It's kind of like they see him being very much sort of like the, the spokesman for the club almost. You know, and he's he's doing an awful lot, and you can kind of tell he's getting he's working his his nuts off to get signings in, and they're not quite happening. Whether we're setting our sights just that little bit too high 
and, and we've missed out on players. You know, it, it it's a fine fine line you tread between getting players in but getting the quality in. You know, and I think we've had to wait a little bit to get these players in. And and yeah, I I think if if we can get the players in that that we seem to be looking at, I think he'll be far more relaxed. You know, next week once once it's all done. Yeah, even even I felt a bit concerned for him when I was watching it. So if there's any Sunderland fans that haven't seen the video, he genuinely genuinely looks like he's tearing up. Yeah, like it's 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 quite sad actually, isn't it? It's like he's like I'm not surprised you've kind of like want to put an arm around him a little bit because he's yeah. really sad about it. I I think that it shows you know how much he cares about football. And I, I, yes. I guess that's the same for for pretty much every manager. You know, they're they're trying on limited budgets at this this level you know they can't just throw huge amounts of money around they've, they've got budgets to, to balance and they're trying to get players in they're dealing with agents they're dealing with clubs they're dealing with players who are saying well i might come or we'll see what what other offers i get it's it's a real you know it must be tough really tough you mentioned before about your your pre-season um obviously it there's a lot of results you've played quite a few pre-season games compared to us but there was three results that I picked out. There was the five nil at Rangers, which is, if I'm honest, I, I personally went to see Rangers against Derby, who were a very good championship side on Sunday, and they looked good. Um, their goalkeeper was the only thing that stopped that being three nil. Mm-hmm. But two one defeat to QPR. Obviously, the division above, but uh, I'm not too sure how good QPR are. But the big one was a three nil defeat to Eastley. So in a way, it doesn't sound like great preparation. Although there has been a few wins in there as well, but I think we've not had a great preseason either. Do you? Do you read much in a preseason, or do you think it, it literally is that old cliche? It's just about fitness. It is just about fitness. We've we've had players who absolutely set the world alight in preseason, and when it came to the to the real thing, were useless. And we've had players who look absolutely rubbish in preseason who who turn it on when it really matters. So I, I think it is more sort of fitness. Um, it's an opportunity to perhaps try players in slightly different positions and, and give them a run out. And it's just getting fitness, really, I think. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about about the, the results. Some of the performances have been pretty good. Uh, and certainly against Fulham, we look, second half, we look, we look pretty good. So I think it's, it's improving as we've gone along. Yeah, and I think if you look at your results to, to begin with, it probably gives you an outlook of exactly what preseason is like. You lose three nil to Eastleigh, but you drew one one with Fulham, who are yeah. just relegated from the Premiership. So, if there's any Sunderland fans worried about us not scoring goals? Try your best not to worry. I'm trying my best not to worry, <laughs> but you sometimes do read into things too much. Now, as many people know, I do. I do three players to watch, um, sort of for every team that we play. The three that I picked out were pretty similar to what I picked out last year, with one slight difference. Um, I picked out Alex Gorin based on the fact that he's excellent, and that worries me. Um, Simon Eastwood as your goalkeeper, and Cameron Brannigan, who I think was probably your best player last year. Um, is there anyone else we should be worried about outside of those three? No, I, I think those three are, are pretty important. Simon Eastwood he has been exceptional for us for, for sort of three years. And, and Brannigan, I think more more of our fans will be worried if Brannigan goes than, than Gavin White, to be honest. I think he's, he's moved forward from a slightly deeper midfield role when he started to a more of a number 10. And I, I think he's he's really blossoming. Um We've got a, a lad, Shandon Baptiste, who played up at your place. I think he was the guy that was he was tackled 
for the sending off. And uh, he's he's a I'm player. Yeah, <laughs> he got injured at Bristol Rovers uh, uh, not that long afterwards. He had a shoulder injury, which took a long time to, to heal. Came back for the Brentford game in the Cup in early January. Came on as a sub. And within a few minutes, had, had, had a freak injury and, and tore knee ligaments and, and, and was out for the rest of the season. So he's almost like a new signing for us. He'll, he hopefully will be, he, I don't think he'll be ready for Saturday, but he's certainly getting close to fitness. Um, and he's a, a lad that we has come through the through the youth ranks. So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Woodburn will be one to look at now we've got him. Um Fosu has always looked good at this level. And, and yeah, Brannigan's improving every, every game. Yeah, I think there's a few times I've watched Brannigan and um, obviously coming from the Liverpool Academy, you, you have those, you have that cliche of like the same Man United, Man United, you don't spend time at Man United if you haven't got something about yourself, same with Liverpool, but you do have that worry that when a player gets released, you know, are they going to be any good? But I think Brannigan's probably found a club where he can blossom, get games under his belt, and he looks at least championship level every time I've seen him, or, or to be championship level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, again, that, that I think that's where the match is, is won and lost on Saturdays in the midfield. But um, one big thing I noticed about your, your opening fixture you know, last season, if I remember rightly, we did the the home podcast, and I think you'd lost about five out of the first six. Um, came to our ground, played really well. Everything was fine after that. So I thought, I bet, I bet you like hope they've got a, a better start of the season this year. And without blowing our own trumpet, I don't think anyone likes or anyone would like Sunderland away first game of the season. But then I've noticed your next three are also really tough as well. You've got home to Peterborough, who I have tipped for promotion. Mm. You've got away to Blackpool, who are a good side, and they're reinvigorated because the Oysters have gone. And you've got a home game towards Burton. Are you worried a little bit that your season may mirror the start you had last year and you might have to play catch-up again? Possibly, although I think we were we were low on numbers later than this last year. So, I, yeah, I, I, I don't think we can start as... Oh, God, I'll, I'll, I'll jinx it. I don't think we can start as poorly as we did last season. You, you never know. You know, yeah, we went to Barnsley and they absolutely blew us away first game. So uh, I'm hoping that doesn't happen again. Obviously, with you being one of the favourites, um, yeah, it's going to be... It'll be a, be a tough game, that's for sure. So I suppose my next question after that would be for Oxford, you finished 12th last season. Good position in essence, considering how you started, but there is players in that team that have just gone towards Cardiff. You've got a lot of players that we've speaking about before. I rate quite highly, I think, are highly rated in League One. So what, what would success next season be for Oxford in terms of league position? I think we should be challenging for a playoff place. I think that that's a realistic aim, and and a you know a, a, an aim the sort of size of the budget, the players we've got, the the progression that the club wants to make. You know, we really should be targeting playoffs. I think I think automatics is going to be a, a little bit beyond us with with the strength of some of the clubs in in this division. But I I, I don't see any reason why we we can't challenge for a playoff place if if we make the signings that we're, we're hoping to make. Definitely. Uh, I think, you know, when I have when I look at Oxford's team, as I was just stating before, I think you're missing a, a centre-forward and a, probably a solid centre-off from a, a solid, at least, top-10 team. Uh, mm. And I think all Sunderland fans who watched the Oxford games last year will agree there's definitely stuff in there, definitely players in there that can damage a lot of League One teams. And I think, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I think the league was actually really strong last year. Yeah, uh, and it, it's... So looking at, at how teams perform, you know, you, you look at the the championship. There's, there's always the same 
ish sort of clubs up there, you know, the, the, yeah. the sort of the ex Premier League clubs. And the, and the Premier League, with the exception of that Leicester season, you know, Leicester City winning it one year, it's the same clubs. At League Two and League One level, you know, the, the, the clubs that were promoted sort of last season, Luton, Barnsley, Charlton, Luton had got back to back promotions. You know, Barnsley went straight back up and Charlton had been hanging around League Two, for, uh, League One for a little while. And, and it's the same with the clubs that have come up this season as well. You know, Lincoln were, were promoted then missed out on the playoffs, then promoted again and and Tranmere back-to-back promotion. So it's an MK Don's kind of more or less straight back up. So I think there's, you can't always tell what these leagues are going to be like. I think because the, the finances are a little bit sort of closer, you know, if you can pick up a rough diamond that that has a massive influence on, on your team. Whereas I think in the Premier League and the Championship, it's big squads. It kind of, it, it does level out to the to the the money that's spent you know it, it goes pretty much on budget no very much so i was doing a, a league one review um sort of over the past few weeks just adding to it when players signed people the ins and the outs and the amount of free transfers and loan signings that exist in this division it's yeah. I, i'll admit i was getting frustrated that we brought in just free transfers in conor mclaughlin and, and lee burge and i was like spend a bit of money but when you start looking through the teams apart from Gavin White today and I think Freddie Ladapo and also I think Will Will Volks and obviously Matt Clark who have left League One. There's very little money being spent in League One. And I think there's very little money spent in League One all of the time. It is a lot of free transfer sign-ins because I think a lot of like players around this league sign short-term contracts, don't they? Like two-year contracts, if they do well, they get a move to a bigger League One club or the championship. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, 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 there's not much in the way of, of transfer spending at this level. It, it's far more, you know, picking up out of contract players far more, like you say, because they're on short term contracts. So, you know, you can you can wait for players to to run down a contract a lot easier than you know Premier League players on five and six year deals. So, yeah, it does happen. It, it is more more wheeling and dealing and, and picking up free transfers. Which brings me on to budgets. There was a lot made about ours last year, a lot made about how big our budget was and how much money we'd spent and all that kind of stuff. And I think I think it was a little bit blown out of proportion at points. I think the fact that we had players like Lee Catamall and Brian Oviedo on Premier League contracts was not... Ne- oh, you can't say it wasn't necessarily our fault, but you don't expect us to plunge that far deep. But in terms of what we actually spent and the players we had at our disposal, a lot of them had spent a lot of their career in League One. The likes of Charlie White, Will Grigg, we might have spent big on them, but they were League One players. Same with Chris Maguire, who although did come in on a free transfer. Um, but we didn't... Ultimately, we didn't manage to get out of League One, which I would still say is a failure based on the team that we had last year. And I think there's a lot of fans still reeling from that. We've got a little bit of a hangover. Um, were you surprised that Sunderland didn't get promoted last year or were you not that surprised based on how hard this league can actually be? Uh, yeah, it, it, there's a kind of a, a yes and a no answer to that. It, it's sort of yes, surprised that, uh, you know, a club of, of Sunderland size with the budget they had, you know, the... the spending big money on on the likes of Will Grigg that that they didn't go up you know you you would look at it and go well really they should be you know well you were you know big favorites to go up and and for it not to happen is a is a bit of a you know well it is a you know failure like you say yeah. but then I think at this level you're up against sort of canny operators who've, who've been at this level for a long time it 
in a similar way to to ourselves when we went into the conference you kind of you're the big club you know the first, i think we were the first club to have won a major trophy to have gone out of the league you know and to go in go into sort of places you've you've never heard of you know almost village sides in in some in some instances and you it took us years to get out of the conference you know we we, we were we were flying at the start of the first season but missed out and and it takes a long time to get out and you're up against teams in league one who've and players in league one who've been there and done it and and a a kind of battle hardened and it it, yeah it's it's not an easy division to get out of because there are clubs coming down you know the the likes of yourselves and Ipswich this season and, and and then you've got smaller clubs coming up who've who've been in the conference but are on a run you know they're on a a run of of sort of two or three years of 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 progression so it's it's a tough division and you, you kind of almost don't want to to say this because it can come across as arrogant as a Sunderland fan if I'm honest um but do you think it is true that teams and did you feel it with Oxford teams do raise their game when they play Sunderland or did last season anyway yeah probably yeah yeah I, I it, it's I, I think sometimes it, it you're at a, a stadium that's a, like I say, you know, it, it, on a smaller scale, it was the same when we were in in the conference. You know, the, yeah. I know we've only got three stands, but it's it's still a, you know a, a proper setup. You know, and and I think it probably subliminally the players lift their game. Perhaps not so much with the fans because you know, as, as fans, we've we've followed our club for for a long, long time. You know, and we we were a, a Division One. Premier League as it is now team for three years, you know, so we, yeah, we've been, we've been to, you know, we've been to all the grounds and that, but perhaps for some of the players, you know, for them, if they've not been, you know, playing, if they're not Premier League players, you know, if we pick them up from, from non-league or league one and two to come to the stadium alight, you know, that, that must lift them definitely. So I suppose I know the answer to one of this one, I know one part of the answer to this, should I say, but which three Sunderland players are you most concerned about on Saturday? And I know for a fact which one of them is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I hate to say it. I'm I'm one of these sort of fancy who more worried about our players. I, I think, but certainly, you know, Chris Maguire is is one of those players. You know, if if Will Grigg plays and uh, he's he's still there, isn't he? He hasn't left. <laughs> oh, you'll be fine if Will yeah. Grigg continues this form he's, he's had since he's signed. But hopefully, he shuts my mouth and proves me wrong. But yeah, so I, my breath. Yeah, no, I, I, I you know, if, if I think we'll all we'll all sort of like to see Chris Maguire play. You know, if he gets a couple of goals, fine. As long as we get three, you know, I, I'll be more than happy to uh, for that to happen. So uh, yeah, and McGeady obviously potentially may be fit. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's he's having sort of seen him a few times. He's he's quite similar to Gavin White. Very very quick feet, you know, and and a, an absolute sort of horrible player to play against because he's he's quick and and defenders hate that. Frightening at this level, if I do say so. Yeah, myself. yeah. So I suppose just to to finish off, just to touch on, I think one thing I always ask: score prediction and how you think the game's going to go. I'm hopeful for a, for a, for a point. I don't. I think three might be pushing it a bit, and I just hope we we don't do what we did at the start of last season and and get absolutely tonked. <laughs> so a, yeah. a prediction, I, I, either a, a draw or a, a narrow defeat. I'm going to have to start positive, aren't I? I'm going to take yeah. a. I'm going to take a three-one. Will go a Oh God, I can't believe I've done record, but they, um, <laughs> I'll take a three-one. But. I, I, I'm going to regret that with Greg's uh, prediction. I'll, you know, no, I'll stick with it. It's fine. It'll be all right. It's fine. It's fine. He's going to prove me wrong. It'll be all right. 
But Simon, thanks for coming on as always again. Um, as I always say, I won't wish you luck on Saturday, but are you coming up? I am, yes, yeah. What's yeah, your attendance expected? That. It's tricky. They've, they've sold out of some of the coaches. I think they're putting a couple, some more coaches on, hopefully. What did we bring last year? About, about, 1200. About, yeah, about 1,200 last year. First game of the season, you kind of expect more, but then you've also got people on holidays. So I, 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 hope, we, you know, I hope we bring 1,000 again. So, yeah. Well, enjoy your day, but don't enjoy the match, all right? Yeah, will do. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Simon. Appreciate no, it. Thank no you. problem. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.